Yeah, fried chicken. I had a bacon sandwich for breakfast as well. I'm living like a king today. And welcome to the What Did Jack Have to Eat Today podcast. If you're really quiet, you might I'm going to pitch that to Haymarket. What did I eat today? Welcome to the Media Week podcast, the podcast made for media people by media people. Don't worry, we're not your CEOs just yet. We all come with media folk in the weeds of the day-to-day. Each episode, we'll share opinions on hot topics in the media world, along with some bants to keep you going on a Friday afternoon. So who's in the room? It's me, your host, Harriet from Publicis, Jack from Craft. Good afternoon. Buki from Wavemaker. Hey, hey. And Charlie from MIQ. Hello. Today is a very sad episode. Charlie is leaving. No. <laughs> Charlie, oh. tell us where you're going. I'm, I'm going to open up the Media Week brand across the world for probably nine months traveling. Um, oh, no. that's a relief. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were about to say you joined the drum podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go and see the world a little bit, which will be very sad not to be uh, in this boiling room with, with you four, but free. Well, on behalf of the full Media Week podcast and campaign and Haymarket, thank you for all you've done. Do you have the license to, she to speak, say thank she you? She speaks for us now, okay? <laughs> That's good. No. How, did you, we, how did we do loved, that? We've loved every yeah. second. And as a token of our appreciation... No. I'm going to buy you a pint after we're done with this and yeah. say thank you. This is too much campaign. You can't give me a whole gra- a thousand pounds to spend an experience. <laughs> oh, wow. That's too generous. Uh, so, um, but thank, no, thank you, you for listening, guys, um, to we me, Catalan. I feel like we should have got you a hamper or something. A nice, you know, yeah, form maybe. They'll sort it out. Don't yeah. worry. But listen, if you want to send in anything, I'll, I'll put an address in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go say goodbye to Charlie in person. What's your highlight and low light of, of the series in general? Ooh, the highlight and the low light. That's that's a real tricky one. Highlight. Your time as the ITV CEO. Th- that was that was probably my low light fair when I got okay. fired the day afterwards. Sadly, okay. fall from grace. All the pilots um, we had to do before we sounded like a cohesive bunch. Of yeah, dogs. that was it. That was it. Yeah, the, probably the first pilot. Yeah, before nothing that ever got aired. That was a lot of fun, but then we realised that we were all we cancelled. Um, <laughs> well, Charlie, it's been nice to know you. Stay tuned, listeners. We will have a replacement. Well, if, if you think you've got the chops, then uh, you know, send us a media anon. Well, put your name on it though. Don't be anonymous, otherwise we'll never find you. But um, maybe we should do like a sort oh, the audition. Of the media's, audition got, media's got talent. To that would be fun. Well, goodbye, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, go on. Don't let the door hit you. Goodbye. In today's episode, we'll discuss the rise of virtual influencers <laughs> and its impact on media in 2024. Wild. Predicted Wild. impact. Wild. But first. <laughs> In social, Threads has reportedly seen a user decline despite its initial surge uh, in signups. Surprise, yeah. surprise. Well, when was the last time you went on Threads? The day it yeah, I, th- I, 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 I was like blowing the trumpet thinking, you guys yeah, all got it. I never like, signed up. Oh, yeah. We, we have just to see. We have to see. Do living, your job, Charlie. Living off grid is Charlie. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Threads, though, is like it looked, it was so promising, but they rushed it and then they didn't really add anything and it was just a bit like. Oh. Well, funny you should say that, Jack, because it's reported that Threads will have a trending topics feature imminently, but there is reportedly no intention to amplify news on the platform. See, I really do commend them for trying to start with a blank canvas. There was so much that people used to slate about the app formerly known as Twitter. And so for them to then say, you know what, we're going to start fresh. We're going to give it every opportunity to be a positive place. But I think over time that is going to end up bringing in all the features that made Twitter 
as popular as it was. And then, yeah, it's just kind of fade away. And I think the other problem is there was just no understanding of what the personality of Threads was. We knew what the personality was on all the other social platforms. When you get to Threads, what am I doing there? Am I microblogging? Am I sending memes? Am I showing like videos of me and my friends? Am I talking to, like, what are we doing there? Nobody seems to know. And as a result, it's kind of just a no person's land. Well, US-based brands such as Macy's actually discussed their approach to testing in a media summit on Threads as reported in a trade publication. So everyone's still talking about potential opportunities on the platform. So we may be wrong with this one. Who's we? Well, you're saying... Moving on. In a bid to recoup ad revenue, X, formerly known as Twitter, will start to use Google Ads Manager to sell programmatic ads in its home feed. Will programmatic access help turn the tide on brand safety on X? That's surely going to do the opposite. It's like anything goes, right? But I, I don't know. They've said within it that they're now going to be labelled as like promoted ads, which I don't think they've been doing. It's going to have Google's sort of Google safety, which I think is better than the Nexus, that's yeah. for sure. Um, that's, that's not hard. That's not, that's not hard, but it's, yeah. it's going in the right direction. But the main thing with this, this must have hurt Elon. Like you're thinking he looks at, you know, the top table, the top tier of, you know, him and, and Meta and the Googles and things like that and Amazon. And he's just bent over to Google saying, look, can you give me a hand? And he's got Zuckerberg laughing at him saying, how can you run a social platform that you can't even run its own ads? Yeah. So this must be a real... I mean, he's, ba he's basically inviting Google over to eat his lunch. Yeah, which I, which I find quite mad because, like, notoriously walled gardens, all these social platforms, they don't share. Mate, now it's just a garden. They, it's, just, it's just a garden, open It's a park. Garden. It's a park. <laughs> It's the park. And like you said, I think with the revenues, wasn't it like 50% down ad revenue? Mm. Something ridiculous like that. Like, what kind of business are you running? I said it before and I'll say it again. Man should have just laid low for a minute and then come out and do a rebrand because you're doing too much. You're in the news every two seconds. You're doing up any publicity He's is good publicity. podcast every 10 seconds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. I'm tired of it. I don't want to talk about Mr. Musk yeah. anymore. We okay. have made it topic of conversation. So... Listeners, we're very sorry if you're bored of X. <laughs> we, we won't talk about it next we're episode. We're not going to talk about X anymore. But tune in That's to see lie. if we do talk about the next episode. <laughs> that is a lie. See if we hold our promises. <laughs> yes. Like, I do think there is one aspect of this that is yeah. actually, when you think about programmatic inventory, which yeah. I often do, is no. that actually you are like, there are people who want to advertise in-app. There's not always quality in-app. I'm not sure X is fully as much quality as it used to be. But if you're comparing it to, you know, the video that loads before, so you can get an extra life on your game, like... It is slightly giving you a high impression count of what is more premium inventory. So I think it will be interesting for advertisers and programmatic partners in terms of opening up a new stream. But Elon is an idiot. Let's just remember <laughs> that. It's good news for sponsorships. A trade source reports on positive uplifts from brand sponsorships of ITV programmes when combined with TV spot advertising. Popular fast food chain KFC sponsored ITV's World Cup coverage and saw a corresponding increase in usage of its delivery app. So what do we think about that? Hang on, it's, it's news that sponsorship works. 
that really? Well, that's really? Honest, that's honestly what I what I read. From that's that. like, I mean, in in other news, the sea is wet. <laughs> like, I, I mean, no, no, I, I'm being facetious. I'm being right. facetious. Yeah, I completely can see how that's happened because sponsorship is so effective. Because guess what? Frequency. Frequency. So that's and it just it Good drills point. into your brain <laughs> the memory encoding because I can still tell you what like the brand that sponsored Simpsons on Sky One at six o'clock in like the early noughties hey. because You're Domino's like, yeah. They used to have like uh, Simpsons style ads and yeah. like because of the frequency, it's just there in your brain, tattooed. Because it works. We spoke about this on the last episode and when you first started speaking about it, I was ready to jump in and be like, actually, but as you carried on speaking, I thought, you know what? I, I agree again with Jack. <laughs> and yes. uh, I think the frequency part is obviously there. But then for me, because, you know, I'm a content gal and I think as well as the frequency, it just taps into things that people already know and like. You mm. don't just bookend them, you almost support them. So then there's a lot of borrowed equity there on top of frequency as well. From reading the article, I felt a little bit like I saw more of the industry's bigger problem here, which is not that yeah. sponsorship and stuff like that. It's more that when we report on figures, we don't actually really, it's like, oh, response rates went up by 10%, but we don't actually talk about what was the response rate we're actually measuring here? What would that increase lead to? And actually how many, like, what was the sample size within there? Like, I don't want to make it a boring statistical podcast, but like, if you're just looking at a thing that just has a big percentage, you can't actually really understand what the impact of that is until you give more details behind it. Too often we're grabbing the headlines in this industry without actually really honing in on what the data is saying. Actually, is this a valid result? And actually, how can we repeat this study going forward? Damn, there he is, Captain Rigger. My guy, okay. I mean, but uh, like that is a fair point, but sharing business results is something that like brands just don't like doing. Like the amount of award entries that you read, like where it's just like it increased by fifty percent. They're never going to say from X to Y because you know that's the sort of stuff that just doesn't get signed off by legal to kind of to get out. I, I get what you mean though. I just, I just think there needs to be, especially by measurement companies, there should be a degree of regulation where we can get a further view of actually where a benchmark is and how it's improving. Maybe we should talk about that in full in another episode. We'll talk about measurement in the podcast. We oh, have we done that? Have we done that? It's just Char- Charlie's been keen to talk about measurement for weeks and we're like, yeah, yeah, soon, mate. Soon. <laughs> just keeps getting bumped down whenever Elon Musk does something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well. no, the, on the spot, the other thing that I know, because this is, is quite an interesting one, because the thing that I like about that case study is they have talked specifically about it driving action. And often you talk about sponsorship as a way of changing brand perceptions or driving up a funnel like metrics. But the fact that it's actually driven a behavior change, which is greater uptake of its, it's, more it's app delivery app. And also I had uh, I had a KFC for lunch today. Did uh, you? Was, oh, mate, big dirty KFC on a Are Friday. you hungover today, Jack? I had a mild hangover first thing. That needed fried chicken. Yeah, fried chicken. I had a bacon sandwich for breakfast as well. I'm living like a king today. And welcome to the What Did Jack Have to Eat Today podcast. If you're really quiet, you might I'm going to pitch that to Haymarket. What did I eat today? Anyway, moving on before everyone goes to sleep. 
account moves. According to Campaign Magazine, Amazon is reviewing its global media planning and buying business, having worked with Initiative for the last 10 years. I used Init- to work on that. Did you? I did, yeah. yeah. Well, you would have known that Initiative defended its hold in 2017. So what will the new year bring for them? I think the new year is going to bring really a lot of blood, sweat and tears for the people. My, my old friends at Initiative, they're going to be working their asses off to, to keep that because it's, you know, it's it's like the sort of the Koenor of the sort of media world, isn't what's it? A, if you, what's a Koenor? Uh, oh, it's like a massive diamond that was looted from India by the British in like oh. the 1800s. See, I, I think you're right. I think it's going to historical bring reference. blood, Sorry. sweat and tears <laughs> for everyone. Everyone who's invited to pitch is going to be sweating, crying and bleeding. I, I think we should spare a moment to think about all of the people who are going to be involved on yeah. any agency yeah. pitching for the Amazon business because there could be some guys... good media nons coming out of this. You <laughs> yeah. If you if you're pitching for the Amazon business, can you send us a media anon like with Please. maybe some of the problems you're running into? If you're being seagulled by the senior people, if you're seagulls, yeah, yeah, yeah seagulled like them, sort of like flying ah. flying over the review ah, and shitting okay. on what you do. I actually, I think, I think this actually gives an opportunity. I think we might see some really innovative and fantastic work coming out of the industry every agency is gonna have to level up in order to get this business and if you're i'm actually if you're amazon i'm a bit nervous like how are you gonna pick you're gonna be seeing incredible work and you know people who have bled and sweated and cried for you (laughs) and you're gonna have to pick between them and i think it's gonna be difficult yeah i mean obviously it's like on the actual doing the work front that's gonna be really hard work but also if you get put on that pitch Insane opportunity. Yeah, like that you're cool. gonna like bring your A game because you're gonna be that's like you know, sort your career out for the next couple of years if you do well on that. I also think it's an interesting time in terms of for Amazon as a business. Like obviously they've just talked about releasing what the ads across their, their platform. Mm. That's gonna have some, you know, they've been pushing this as a massive growth thing, great content on there, but you're gonna get massive backlash. I sat and watched one. It arrived like five minutes into a film I started watching, lasted for like over a minute. And I was like, oh my God, this is the start of my next two hours. Thank God there was just one, but it was a horrible experience. They put it inside them. It was like five minutes into the film and I was, yeah, it was was very jarring. Well, within AI, according to a news source, to increase engagement and interaction amongst young users, Meta is launching AI chatbots featuring celebrities, celebrities including Kendall Jenner and Snoop Dogg. Positioned as entertainment, the news was announced at Meta's annual Connect conference. Meta are just like they're playing pin the idea on the platform at the moment, aren't they? It's just like, what... What is going? Sorry, but so you can talk to a celebrity, but it's not the celebrity. No, it's it's quite. A, I thought it was quite a nice idea, actually. You know, there's a lot of touting. I don't know by who. Maybe us four about the mediaverse being dead, but like the mediaverse, mediaverse metaverse. Sorry. <laughs> the mediaverse, the mediaverse long is live, alive. Long live the mediaverse. <laughs> um, but this is quite a nice idea. It's like so if you're playing an adventure game, like Snoop Dogg is your dungeon master. If you're like doing a workout, oh. there's like an old basketball player as like your coach. Um, so this is kind of like when your dad downloaded like a funny voice for the sat. That's literally what I was gonna say. <laughs> that's literally what I was gonna for, say. Funny for about three, three. Yeah, seconds. literally. For our young listeners, sat navs were the, how you used to get around. <laughs> Before, before Google Maps. No, because you can do it on Waze now, though. You can do the same thing on Waze. That's new, isn't it? You got, yeah. You've got a partnership opportunity here where you, you can get Bookie, Bookie on your Waze. Well, I would love to do that. You'd be going the wrong Just way. Just lay low. Yeah, so, so we've terrible got, at directions got as well. Harriet with her folder of signed photographs and Bookie <laughs> with her Waze partnership. 
As reported in the trade press, a number of brands, including Cartier, Ikea, Samsung and Nike, are leveraging virtual influencers who already have an established following. So this isn't a new thing. Using virtual influencers has been part of kind of brands' approaches to leveraging influencers for a number of years already. But the role of a virtual influencer is to collaborate with brands and to promote products and and sponsored content. But how will this continue to blur the lines of AI? And I suppose what's ethically right when you think about it. It's very Black Mirror. Like, whose soul have they imprisoned? That's what I want to know. Shout out to Harriet for coming up with the creepiest main topic on Halloween. Like, oh, this yeah, is, it's kind of spooky. Is seriously yeah. spooky. Like, and all the pictures, like, if you haven't, like, we need to post in the show notes, we need to post some of the links so you can actually look at some of these Instagram profiles and things like that. It is weird. Like, is, it people, un- is it Uncanny Valley sort of stuff? Yeah, like, very much, like, stood in a queue for, like, a food place in amongst human people. Actual people. Yeah, actual people. I assume they just cut someone out and inserted some of these people in. And there's somewhere they're then like eating the food. They're like at Famous Monument. It's like so weird. So, so weird. But isn't the whole point of an influencer that you know that they are a person who has built their own sort of brand and following and you like them because of whatever they do and often like the thing with an influencer is when you see them doing branded stuff you think oh right cool that's good for you you're making some money off of this and then if they have like a sort of voice that you trust you will kind of take their recommendation but the recommendation of a I suppose it's the same as a Spotify algorithm isn't it yeah I mean I guess on that I think there's been an evolution of the influencer because yes you are correct that the traditional influencer has definitely been that, you know, that's someone who I respect and I think is really cool and they're doing that. So I'm going to do that to basically just copy the older kids. But where we've got to now is these kind of AI things. So brands can just create their own one. So I heard a colleague do a talk on this recently. Nats Maruzzi, head of influencer and social strategy at Wavemaker. Shout out, shout out. And basically now that we can create your own brand ambassadors you don't have to worry about what they said in 2012 on the app formerly known as x or twitter because <laughs> you rebranded yeah, it, You're re-branded it, again. it back to twitter <laughs> so i think there is a different role and the more you see them they become influencers so they don't start as influencers they just start as brand ambassadors and then they start to gain a following and as they continue to gain a following they roll into influencer category and there's just a lot more brand control. On the brand side, I do get why they would like to do this. There's a lot of brand control because it's not real. Exactly. So which, it's which just is sanitized. Exactly, which is why it's so attractive to brands. But to Harriet's point on the ethical natures of this and the morality is I personally, I'm not that on board with it. I think it erodes creativity in humans. Mm. I think it also, because there was another example that Nats had raised where a Caucasian photographer had created a black virtual supermodel. Oh yeah, this, and this then, is crazy. Yeah, and, it's, so, and like she was super popular and then that supermodel, virtual supermodel, partnered with Fenty. So now you're seeing that there's the brand deals to be had with these virtual supermodels, but there was actually no black person profiting off the likeness of a black person. And actually now a real black supermodel wouldn't be on there. So there's so yeah. much morality. You need to start thinking about how you use it and the way that you deploy it, because I get why it can be good for brands, but you need to do it carefully. I think that's also a really important thing around, like when you think about how our industry is being proven to be very kind of white, middle-class and male, like mostly, there's going to be a lot of blind spot 
stuff that goes on there where people will be planning stuff and they might not think about that because it just wouldn't necessarily occur to them. There's going to be some really unforeseen problems that occur with this, especially when you've got people who look like me doing your planning. It's like that probably won't be intentional, but like people need to be really careful. Do you actually see or think that more categories and more brands will leverage virtual influencers as we move into 2024? I think we're in a fad, like AI generation and stuff like that. It's a giant bubble that you can definitely leverage now and you probably get a lot of success. I mean, there's 2.7 million followers for one of these virtual accounts, like absolutely crazy numbers. Like, So I think definitely of a moment, but I'm really hoping it's not something that lasts for a long time because... I think there's major issues about, yeah, like people borrowing from cultures. And, yeah. and then even some of them in their descriptions have like things like sustainability or Black Lives Matter and things like that. But then they'll probably be partnering with an oil giant in a week or so. Well, that's very interesting, Charlie, because Shell and BP used influencers previously to promote their green initiatives. Now, these weren't virtual influencers, but in my mind, they'd be better off using virtual influencers because no one <laughs> would probably want to do it. Yeah. So <laughs> well for a lot of well for a lot of people if the price is right price you know what I mean right. I think there's like maybe it won't always be this way but if you had someone telling you to use a product and it was a real person and then it was an AI generated person which one would you be more likely to listen to probably think, the real person uh, no, no no I think actually depends because especially with the generation coming up a lot of people don't like to be told what to do they want to see on merit so the like, <laughs> virtual one is just basically the facts and figures, but it feels human. But the virtual one's being told what to say no, by the brand, there's, there's like completely. They, exactly. So you, so you read. So you basically you read the website, both or fake, yeah. you listen to the virtual influencer. It's the same thing. I just don't have to read what's on the website. But I just, so do you know what I mean? It's just a, it just works. There's stats out there. Statista, which is a very reputable thing, said 35% of Americans purchased a product off the back of seeing a virtual influencer's endorsement. Which is a seems way too high. I think a thirty five percent, but this is it. Last Over a year. third of Americans have bought Apparently. something based on what? So what? Am I, hang on. So is like Kendall Jenner real? Or like... <laughs> but, but this Stop. is where the question comes back again about the whole ethics. Because I bet you, out of the people that responded, did do they know? Well, that they, it was they must a... have because they've said yes. But no, that's true. That's true. No, because they could have been. Said, did you? Could be a blind, a blind yeah. test. Yeah, yeah could it have just been like, did you buy something test. from this person? And they might have known that person I, virtual. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm getting wound up. By yeah, this I know. Because it's, <laughs> it's like I think it speaks to like the wider sort of like expansion of this like pretty disingenuous thing, right? Like this kind of creation of just like deep fake people, because that's kind of what it is, right? It's just yeah. deep fakes. It's all well and good when it's selling you a different brand of shampoo, but it is gonna insidiously creep into like every walk of life. But do you know what? And this is actually an interesting one. There was an artist who basically had tried to be an artist in the real world and didn't do very well and ended up bringing out songs with um, mm. a complete avatar and did amazingly Crazy. well and like, basically just like never revealed like mm. their real self. Like, but what if you had like... Isn't that the gorillas? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but gorillas did that yeah, years a, ago. Yeah, a little, basically something like that. But what That was if, also Damon Albarn. What if someone came out and they were just giving impartial finance advice and it was a virtual influencer... Martin were, Lewis. Exactly, about... Martin Lewis, but an impartial... Just influence and everything that they said was legit and trustworthy. And over the years, they become really 
popular. You don't. You still don't know who's feeding in the information, but, yeah, but it always turns out to be good. If they're impartial, then they shouldn't be telling you to go with one bank over another it's, anyway. No, but because they, they, they're paid to exactly. So. But they're giving information, so they might they might do something like that. Anyway, you're we're splitting hairs. Yeah. The last thing is you still need to have a lot of approvals because even if you're using someone's likeness, you need to know exactly what's going on. Ethical morals. The other thing for me, right, it's like you've got these kind of like the Maybelline tube ad where they AI'd a thing and everyone was like, oh, isn't it amazing? And it was like, yeah, it's good. And then you've got like the AI billboards and shit. I'm, I'm just like, so we're just abandoning doing anything for real now. Like what's the, so what, that we that, can post it to That's LinkedIn. what everyone's trying just, to do though. Like even when uh, they're talking about the metaverse, when the metaverse came out, I was just like, so you're just going to create the real world online and then people just do that i was like that's a very black mirror but your question was are there any sectors that we think might take this and run or do very well and i've been thinking on this for a minute and you know me as a sports girly i content girly sports girly as a sports girl i think that there is potentially and i did say this in the, in the office the other day and i got a lot of blank looks mm. but let's say you have a sports endorsement with Marcus Rashford, but he's where he's playing Man United, he's training and he can't come to the studio and hold your <laughs> bottle of water. What if you can license his likeness and he can be at the studio and it'll be real enough and there'll be other people around and you can have the advert that you wanted without him having to be there. And I think it only works for the industries where content isn't their regular output. So he's a footballer. Football is his regular output. Mm. This is additional. So it doesn't work for comedians, musicians, that like, they do content uh. as their main kind of source of income. So I don't think it works in those spaces, but this could potentially allow him not to have to do the water shoot that he didn't want to do anyway, but he wanted the money. And you might actually get a cheaper rate on the endorsement because he now knows that you don't. he doesn't have to travel there. He can just license his likeness and get more deals at less money rather than a few huge big ones. What do you think? I get that. I mean, I wish we could get his likeness for, to play for Millwall on the right. Like, if we can, <laughs> can we get him to play for us as well? No. Um, no, I'm joking. I think I from, from a... I think from a planning standpoint, it opens up a lot of opportunities because if I take off my cynical, cantankerous yes, hat for a moment... take off his cynical hat. <laughs> and I, I put on my positivity sombrero, I, I think from a planning standpoint, it's going to open up access to kind of more powerful influence for a lot of smaller brands. Well, depending on how expensively Marcus Rashford, for example, prices his... Uh, Exactly. His likeness at. So back to the question in conclusion then, in terms of categories that we see or think will leverage virtual influencers more. Beauty. 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 Fashion. Beauty. Athletes. That could be in the future though, because I think until deep fakes are really good, mm. that's not that's not going to happen. pretty good. I think that's, that's, that there will be, the thing is for stuff yeah, like, I guess a bit more superficial, then it kind of works. But I think when there are categories that require more trust on the part of the consumer, yeah. you know, like say finance, banking, those sorts of things where people really have to trust the brand they're working with. I'm not sure that given how much people like prefer a face-to-face -face relationship and want to speak to a real person, I think those sorts of things it might struggle with. Well, let's revisit this towards the end of the year. Yeah, see, see, see what's changed. Yeah, I, I want to see if we're still talking about virtual influencers in a year from now. I will change my view on it. If they're still letting us but talk yeah. on this podcast. Well, hopefully, <laughs> we'll, hopefully we'll have like a, a tent at can by this point, right? Talking about virtual influences. <laughs> if, we get, if we don't get cancelled for by hook or by crook. Ring, ring. 
Ring, ring. Hello, media and on. This is a long one, so strap in. A few years ago, my company hosted an intimate leadership event with C-suite clients, contacts in attendance. I was there mostly to support the logistics. It was a small venue with one unisex bathroom and I found the this door be good. quite stiff when I used it earlier in the day. When there was a queue, I had assumed the door was just jammed. So I pushed it open to find a client contact taking a compromising photo. I made eye contact with them and then immediately shut the door, apologising. <laughs> we managed to avoid each other for the rest of the night and I was so mortified and embarrassed I didn't tell anyone else what I'd seen. Recently, my boss asked me to re-engage previous attendees from old ah. events and this contact's name has come up and the fact that we both attended the same event. <laughs> My boss has now asked me to personalise the outreach and I'm not sure whether this person will remember me or not, but we are connected on LinkedIn. Is this awkward or not? Oh, it's God. brilliant. I mean, that is... So she's so she's kicked, basically kicked down the we door. Do you know it's a she? Oh, sorry. He, he, or, she, he or she. Kicked down the door. Kicked down the door. Absolutely slammed into can the hear, toilet. You can hear the shutter going. So, so they thought... So let's get this straight. They thought the cubicle door was a bit stiff. Yeah, it had been... They, they tried thought they the door were the hero, earlier. Opening the cubicle. They tried the door earlier in the day. And it was stiff earlier in the day. And so, yeah, there was a queue forming. So they just thought, oh, I know this. It's a lot of stiff Let me kick it down. I'm trying to save your job, Jack. Okay, sorry. Right, yeah. So and then so then I think yes, yes, it is it is awkward. However, you've got to just apply the rule of like water under the bridge, no never one, speak. They don't want to again. talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like you just gotta you've just gotta like They know. will ignore you on LinkedIn. I've been there. No one gets back to anyone on LinkedIn. <laughs> just, hang on, so I'm like they're at a client function. That well, they're at like a business function. And they've decided to go and take a yeah, yeah, a, a picture yeah. of themselves. Intimate, intimate photo. Wow. Were the, to were the to bathrooms nice? Is it was it a nice setting? <laughs> maybe. Why wasn't the door locked? Because they maybe they thought it was locked because it was oh, a stiff so door. <laughs> so do we? Do we actually? I always say this. Do we actually need to give them advice on this? Forget about it. No, just reach just out to them yeah. and hope for the I best. I absolutely love that they've shared it with yeah. us. This, 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 this is one of my favourite ones. Us and the tens of thousands of people who listen every week. <laughs> but they, they will remember you for the yeah. record. They, oh, they, 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 you'll, you'll be burned into their records. <laughs> like that cortisol spike will be. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. I am. Um, I think they will remember you, but you remember them. I think there's going to be a mutual mm. silence on this. Don't send them a picture. Don't. Yeah. Do. Just do your job. And see what happens. Yeah, if they yeah. ignore you, they ignore you. I think you've you can tell the boss them, you reached out to them. Don't, don't you no, can blackmail you have them. No this proof. Greek of the you have no proof. You didn't take the picture. <laughs> you besmirched their name. <laughs> you've got to play this as straight bat as you possibly yeah. can and keep your head down. Do your job. Maybe just send them an email, but change their email address very slightly so it bounces back. Oh. And then your boss will just be like, oh, well. Uh, then it looks I, like you just got the ring. I think you email them. No, but if they've got like an eye, just like take an eye out of their name or something or like add a dot where there doesn't need to be a dot. Well, that wraps up today's episode. If you've learned anything, don't go taking nudes at work. Yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> Save no, up for virtual influencers yeah, no, take those. Yeah, no nudes at work is no just a, like a great piece of advice for anyone yeah. listening to this. Well, the yeah. lighting's really Do good. Do your nudes at home. No nudes, no nudes, guys. <laughs> well, if you like what you heard, like and subscribe and go to the show notes where we have media and on. And also check out these weird influencers. They are like 
these virtual influencers, they are they are scary.